On the first day of the week at early dawn, the women came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed by, about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and to the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves. Then he went home, amazed at what had happened. Real or pretend? Dragons. Real or pretend? Those are just pretend. Alligators, real or pretend? Those are real, but they live in places like Florida, so we're not likely to see one here this morning. And the one we saw at the aquarium, well, those were actually pretend. They were just very lifelike. Unicorns, real or pretend? Pretend, yeah. Big bad wolves. Well, wolves are real, but they don't talk and they aren't mean. Though if you see one, please respect it and keep your distance. Dinosaurs, real or pretend? Real, but extinct. They're not alive anymore, but we can tell they used to live because we have found their giant bones. These are the kind of conversations that I'm used to having with my daughter, Madeline. See, three-year-olds are filled with questions. And most of the things that Madeline encounters for the first time, she learns about through a book or a TV show. She's never seen it in real life, so it's worth asking mom or dad, is it real or pretend? The other night, as I was putting Madeline to bed, I was telling her the story of Easter, why we are celebrating, what to expect, who we would see. And then she asked me, is Jesus real or pretend? I thought about her question. Madeline knows Jesus mostly from stories, 
from reading her children's Bible before bed. It's mixed in with all of her other books, books about, well, dragons and wolves and unicorns and alligators and dinosaurs. So it made sense for her to ask, is Jesus real or pretend? I confidently answered, Jesus is real. And then she challenged my answer. But we can't see Jesus. Now, there were so many ways I could respond to this, like how Jesus lived on earth for some time, and many people did see him, and now he's available in a different way. Or I could have talked about all the ways we can see Jesus still today, even if we don't see Jesus the person. But it was late, and I had the feeling that Madeline, pushing her pastor mom into theological ruminations, was just her way of staying up a few extra minutes past her bedtime. So I just said for the moment... There are many things that are real, even though we can't see them. Our gospel reading this morning comes from the gospel of Luke. It is, of course, the story of the first Easter Sunday morning, which every gospel shares in just a slightly different way. The women... Now, that part is always the same. The women went to the tomb to care for Jesus' body. Work that would have normally been done at the time of his burial, but was kept until after the Sabbath. These women were expecting to see Jesus dead, still in the tomb, But instead, they found the stone rolled away and an empty tomb. And as they were taking this all in and trying to make sense of it, two men in dazzling clothes appeared with a message. Why do you look for the living among the dead? Jesus is not here. He is risen. Remember when he told you that he would be killed and then rise on the third day? Then the women understood, and they were filled with joy, and they ran back to tell the disciples all that they had seen and heard. We can imagine them running into the room, the disciples grieving, faces stained with tears, and the women trying to catch their breath after running as they all talk at once. The tomb is empty. The stones rolled away. Messengers from God say Jesus is risen. It all happened just as Jesus said it would. And the disciples fully believed the witness and testimony of these faithful women. Nope, that's not how it happened. What the women were saying, it didn't add up. It didn't make any sense. It couldn't be. Could it be? No way. How? Could it really, really be, or is this just our imagination playing tricks on us? 
Is this real or pretend? Not knowing if he could believe their story, Peter got up and ran to the tomb. There's a lot of running in this story. (laughs) And then he saw it for himself. Jesus was gone. The tomb was empty. The linen cloths were still there, but they're no longer wrapped around Jesus. This was no idle tale. Jesus is risen. The risen Jesus will appear to the disciples, but in this part of Luke's account, that hasn't happened yet. What we have is an empty tomb, a heavy stone out of place, some messengers, and linen cloth. And yet, without seeing the risen Jesus, Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, the other women, and Peter, all know in their hearts that Jesus is alive again. We could say there are many things that are real, even though we can't see them. That would be the quick answer, the get-your-kid-to-bed-on-time answer. But the women and Peter do see Jesus. They see the risen Jesus in the empty tomb. They see the risen Jesus in the prophecy fulfilled. They see the risen Jesus in the story told by those dazzlingly dressed messengers. As Madeline gets a little older, when our conversations don't have to end at 8.15 p.m., I can't wait to talk to her about the many ways that we do see the risen Jesus. I can't wait for her to know Jesus, not just from hearing the story, but for seeing and recognizing Jesus for herself. Every Sunday, when we hold the bread and drink from the cup, we are being fed with the body of Christ. We don't just see Jesus. We touch and taste Jesus. We allow Jesus to fill us up and transform us from the inside. When we gather with God's people in worship, when we experience hospitality or forgiveness or generosity, if we're looking for Jesus in these places, we see the risen Jesus. When we're serving our neighbors in need, when we're feeding people who are hungry or caring for our aging parents, or providing housing for refugees, or visiting someone who is lonely, or sharing what we have with others who have less, we see the risen Jesus. When we read scripture, and when we pray, when the Spirit enters our heart, when we read God's sacred story as our story, and learn about Jesus' life on earth, 
we see the risen Jesus. When a dormant, dreary winter becomes a budding, blooming spring, when we experience the messy, painful, incredible birth of a baby, when we find ourselves away from city lights and look up at the night sky and finally see all the stars that burn, when we are surrounded by mountains so majestic that they take our breath away, and then we remember that Jesus said with a mustard seed of faith we can move mountains, when we realize that creation is made in a way that requires balance, give and take, that we provide for plants and plants for us, and we all need the same basic things, We see the risen Jesus. When we see someone recover from a serious illness, when our loved one breaks through the bonds of addiction, when a friend survives a car accident, when we were in need and not knowing how to make ends meet, but then somehow God provides, we see the risen Jesus. When we have the honor of holding the hand of one who is transitioning from this life to the next. When a suffering body finally finds eternal comfort. When we gather to celebrate the life of a loved one. When we proclaim resurrection in the face of death, we see the risen Jesus. I could continue with examples, but we have so many more alleluias to sing this morning. And pretty soon, Claire is going to start playing music to get me to wrap this up. (laughs) But the point is that if we're looking for Jesus, we can find Jesus everywhere. We can see resurrection everywhere. That first Easter morning changed the world forever. Everything was transformed. No one and no thing was or is outside of God's reach. Because of Jesus, we are forgiven of all our sin. Everything that was dead has been given new life. We are a part of a new creation called to proclaim God's love to all the earth. This Easter morning, if you're not seeing Jesus yet, I hope that God will stir in your heart and help you believe and fill you with the faith that you desire. And if you are seeing the risen Jesus, I hope that when you leave worship, after you eat some breakfast and find some Easter eggs, I hope that you run from this place. I hope that you are out of breath from the excitement of it all as you run to share the story of all that you have seen and heard and felt and tasted. Let's go and tell others about the risen Jesus and God's amazing love. Alleluia, Christ is risen.